Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Oh, hi. If you like this show, will you leave a review for it wherever you listen to podcasts? You don't even have to write anything. Just some stars will do. It's one of the most effective ways to spread the word about us and one of the most meaningful ways to show your support for what we do. We are so grateful. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to athingor2hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at athingor2hq. Apparently, your pitch for rating our podcast in a recent episode yes. really worked. I heard from multiple people that they gave our podcast five stars. Including your husband. That was so kind of him. Although, as he noted, it was rude that he waited that long. Fine. It cuts both ways, but we'll take it. Anyway, if you've also waited this long, rate our podcast five stars. This is how the people know to listen to our podcast. That's how it works, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. If you want this podcast to keep on existing in the world, it's on you to rate it five stars. (laughs) That's all. You know what I mean? That's all we need. I have another important PSA. Mm. Key limes. Mm. Key limes. Okay. So I think that my past experience with key limes or my past concept, Mm -hmm. my past understanding of key limes was these are like niche limes. What do I need these for? They're so piddly. That actually really surprises me because I always buy a key lime if I see them for a very Erica Cerullo reason. Which is what? They're cute. I mean, they're darling. Okay, (laughs) that's fair. God, what a good counterpoint. They are darling. Mm -hmm. Okay, but here's the thing. They just look so small. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm already, when I cut up open normal limes, you still sometimes have to cut open four to get juice out of them. Counterpoint again. Do you not come from a household that always has a quarter of citrus drying slash rotting on the countertop? I I now live in one because that's my husband, Mm, for sure. Okay, for sure. That's Thomas, for sure. What I've learned recently is that key limes have way more juice in them Mm -hmm. per like capita. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Than regular limes, Mm -hmm. because you know how sometimes you'll cut open a lime and you'll squeeze it and not a thing will come out. It's just... Do you remember that era? I want to say it was like 2013 where there was a lime shortage and every lime you bought was just pith. Or not, it wasn't even the pit. It was just se- section. It was just the pulp. Just the pulp. It was, it was, pulp. It was rolling the dice. Every mm-hmm. time you'd cut one open and you'd be like, well, that was that. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing That was useless. Here? Yeah. Absolutely useless. Mm-hmm. These 
are so juicy. Mm-hmm. They are so cute. Yeah, they, they look are. so nice in a bowl. Agreed. Like and and exciting, you yes. know, in the way that a kumquat does or mm-hmm. whatever. And so I have been buying key limes for everything. Now's the time to embrace them. It is winter. Mm-hmm. It is citrus season. Yes. Like, let's make key limes a thing and let's make key lime pies a thing and all of it. I mean, I love limes and I love, I'm on board with this pitch. I am the person who every time we go to a Mexican restaurant orders like an entire bowl of limes because everything is better. Mexican is better with limes. Yeah, 100%. It's never 100%. enough acid in any dish. Everything's better with limes. You and I were at a meal recently where there was a conversation mm. about key lime pie and like which is preferred apple or key lime as though like apple was a contender in this debate. It First was kind of, all, of odd, the Apple setup, honestly, because like no nobody wants down for me. I agree. Always. And I'm sorry to offend everybody who likes it, but I Some just think it's gross. Really like it. Yeah. No, always a key lime pie if, if given the Always choice. a key lime pie. Our friend Amanda mm. Dobbins has mm-hmm. a wonderful key lime pie, host of the Ringer Dish podcast. And it has made like it's she's it's a it's like a recipe that's sent in an email. And I like love that, too. Mm-hmm. I just like love that mm-hmm. like whole experience. And it reminded me of this cookbook that I got for Thomas a couple of years ago called Leaked Recipes, a collection of over 50 recipes found in the world's biggest email leaks and the stories behind them. It's so good. Incredible. Like, basically, if you think this might be a good gift for someone mm-hmm. that you know it probably is, because it's just a, like, it's like the Enron emails mm-hmm. and then someone being like, oh, but by the way, that biscuit recipe. Do you remember, I'm going to get this wrong, but this was our go-to chocolate chip recipe growing up. There was a chain letter that was an urban legend. It was a myth. But there was this whole thing that someone had bought a chocolate chip cookie at Neiman Marcus. Yes, yes, yes. And yes, then yes, gotten yes. charged a t- and then asked for something. And the person misinterpreted it as her asking for the recipe and charged her $5,000 for it. Because they'll give you the recipe, but it's like there's mm-hmm. like an, ex- an insane Ex- price yes. tag on it. Yes. And then so she got back at Neiman Marcus by, by like publishing this or like okay, sending this sending around. Sending it in this email chain. And, and that was... It's definitely an urban legend and not true. And definitely like Neiman Marcus started it. 1,000%. (laughs) But this was the go-to chocolate chip cookie recipe of the 90s, I believe. It was $250. But again, it was the 90s. Right. All right. Now it would be 5,000. Perfect. So the New York Times published it. Almost everybody has heard the one about the woman lunching at the Neiman Marcus Cafe in Dallas who enjoyed the chocolate chip cookies so much that she asked for the recipe. For only two fifty, the waitress said it was hers. But when the credit card bill arrived, the woman found the total near three hundred. Turns out the recipe cost two hundred fifty dollars. The story goes. In nineteen ninety seven, after years of enduring the myth, Neiman Marcus came up with a recipe and gave it out for free. It's a delicious variation on chocolate chip cookies. Da, 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 da. Anyway, yeah. But myth back to leaked, back to, leak, to leaked key lime pie recipes. Not leaked. Mainstream. The Allison Roman key lime pie recipe is outrageously good. I have not tried this one, but it has yogurt in it, which like I just think yogurt and sour cream and like any dessert automatically. I agree completely. Because you need that little tang. Sour Um, cream or yogurt yogurt mixed with sugar is perfect. I know you don't like a banana. No, I I would do it with a banana. Uh, It's so good with a banana. Because tang, because it because it bananas are too sweet. Yes. And that's why that's my problem with bananas. And yes. if you introduce some tang via sour, sour cream. cream, brown sugar mm. mixed with banana, incredible content. One of my very early experiences with you that really left an impression was that we were in one of the crappier dining halls at University of Chicago. Don't name names, please. <laughs> <laughs> it was Pierce. I believe it's, it's since been yeah. demolished. <laughs> And I was a freshman and you were a sophomore. So you were like, I figured out my way around these places. And here is what let you me do. show you the robes of this terrible and dining you, hall. You're going to I'm sure you're going to remember this more accurately than I did. But I just remember there was some concoction that involved green apples, 
peanut butter and brown sugar. Mm, yeah, I, I was. There was a phase of my life where mm-hmm. I would take apple slices, mm-hmm. dip them in peanut butter, and then dip, dip them, them in, in brown, brown sugar. sugar. That, okay, and I'm remembering it was accurately. Like, okay, wait. One more key lime mm-hmm. pie yeah. thought. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think makes a dessert incredible is like a salty element, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so for a key lime pie, I've been doing an Atlantic beach pie crust, which is just like the crushed saltines. up cracker. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Saltines, uh-huh. sugar and butter. You don't miss the graham cracker crust? I never miss a graham cracker crust. Really? Wow. Okay. I li- really like a graham cracker in general, but I don't love a graham cracker crust. I feel completely differently. Interesting. I like a graham cracker crust and I like a graham cracker with a s'mores. I don't see any other reason to ever have a graham cracker. I think a graham cracker spread with cream cheese is really good. I don't think I've ever done it, and but that really feels like it pairs perfectly with the cuisine that you were introducing me to in the Pierce Dining Hall. It's not a stretch. It is. It was like my grandma used to eat this. Mm. She would just sit at the table with a box of graham crackers and a block of Philadelphia cream cheese and just, I just yeah. got intensely nostalgic for something I never experienced. Yeah, it's because quite good. Wow. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Um, If you listen to this podcast, you probably sense that I'm not a very private person, but every once in a while I do get into these headspaces or I have like issues in my personal life where I'm just like, I actually don't want to talk about it. It feels harder to talk about it or I'm embarrassed and I just feel like uh, strangely private about it, which is a sensation I'm not very familiar with. But even with you, Erica, you know, sometimes I'll be like, well, I don't want to tell you because I figure you're probably just so sick of hearing it. I have to say the conversation you and I have a lot of like, I feel weird updating you because I feel like 40% of our conversation right now is about this thing. And I actually just don't like want to bore you with it. Slash don't want to hear myself say it anymore. Exactly. And I have to say it is shocking to me how I have to learn over and over again that it actually just always helps to talk about things. Even if you've talked about them before, even if maybe you're feeling a little embarrassed or ashamed, it just 100% of the time always helps me. And if you feel like you're boring your friends, guess what? A therapist is paid to listen to you. So that really helps, you know? If they're bored, they won't show it. You know, that's yeah. all. <laughs> if they're bored, that's they right. won't show it. Exactly. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash a thing or two today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash a thing or two. Are you going on date after date and still not finding the one or getting a text back? Well, you're probably doing something wrong. And I am here to tell you exactly what that is. I'm Lindsay Metzlar and I host We Met at Acme. It's a dating podcast that gives you all the rules and guidelines that you need to date successfully. Hey, it worked for me and now I'm married. So you really should give it a listen if you haven't already. And you can also hear the horrors of dating. Everything that you want to hear is in We Met at Acme. So check it out. All right, switching lanes here. <laughs> I had Some, Somehow, if you can believe it. I had a distinctly being a woman in 2022 moment. Yes. A couple of weeks ago, I was so, this was one of these things where we returned from having not seen each other for a week. And I was like, I have got to tell you this thing. So, you know, I've had this thing after I had Cam and I 
pushed out the baby. My body was returning to its pre-baby state or as close as it was ever going to get. It was I, like re- re- recovering. Your yeah, body was recovering. Was like, yeah. I shouldn't still be seeing weird stuff. I had like a golf ball size protrusion around my sternum. And I went to the, my six week checkup, which is what the one medical the appointment. Single, the, pregnant, the single right. postpartum experience. <laughs> postpartum experience. Uh-huh. And I was like, I have this thing. And the doctor looked at me like, oh, you're going to have to talk to somebody else about that. That's not something I would deal with. Which like on one hand, fair, it's not gynecological. On the other. This is I, my six week postpartum checkup. Yeah, and, and it clearly is related. It's clearly related to the fact that uh-huh. I just had a kid. He was like, yeah, you're going to have to get yourself a PCP for that. And eventually it went away. And what took its place was this thing where occasionally, sporadically, I get this crazy crippling muscle cramping in roughly the same area, right around my ribs. It's sort of so like, like the, underneath the my lower, sternum. Yeah, okay. It's like the, I guess like the top of my ribs, but sort of like central. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like and six inches up from your belly button. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It most often happens when I'm bending over. A time in which it can almost always guarantee it will happen is if I am reaching under an airplane seat to get something, which is like, you know, you're You're like like, folding yourself completely in half. So anytime, you know, I have to like reach under a a table to get something. And, you know, when you dine with a toddler, that happens a lot. I have this terrible muscle spasm. It lasts for anywhere, honestly, from 30 seconds to two minutes. And it's really painful, but it's the type of thing where you're like, I could live my whole life with this and it's not actually getting in the past way. because yeah. you know it's going to be 30 seconds or two minutes. Exactly. But it's so bizarre that I have talked to so many doctors about it. I've talked to multiple PCPs about it. Anytime I've been to a doctor about anything, I bring it up because I'm like, maybe it's related to this other thing. Yeah. And every time they're just completely stumped and with varying levels of condescension, but nobody has ever heard of it and everybody's totally just sort of confused by it. And the other thing that happens, I should mention, is that I get that kind of protrusion when the muscle cramp is happening. Like there's like something that sticks out when it's happening. Yeah. Now it's all of a sudden there's like a scene from Alien. It's fully Alien. Yeah. It's fully Alien. Okay. The other night in bed, I am scrolling TikTok and this woman, this fitfluencer, her handle is Rosie Times 2, has a video of it, this exact thing happening to her, except on her, it's like several ribs down. It's further down. And her caption is, does anybody know what this is? No doctor I've seen knows. I was like, I am in a movie right now. I cannot believe. How is this being served to me? How is the answer to my medical dilemma being served to me on fucking TikTok? Reader, there are 1,488 comments on this video. And like at least 1,000 of them are people being like, this happens to me and I have talked to so many doctors and none of them have been able to tell me what it is. And then of those thousand, there are like 800 people saying this started happening to me after my first baby, my second baby, my third baby. So you already knew this, but this is the reason that there's not an answer to this is because it's a women's problem and specifically a mother's problem. And actually, I don't think and this- it's not gynecological. Yeah. So the person who you would like potentially talk to this about has nothing to do with it. Exactly. Uh-huh. And and to be fair, I don't think this fitfluencer has had a kid. So this is, you know, it, it's not just if you've had a kid and there right, are right. men who have had this problem. So of these people, there is a very small contingent. There are like probably like 20 comments on this thing of people being like, this is called slipping rib syndrome. There's obviously- clearly not a ton of information about this thing out there. There is a Facebook group for it. I joined it. It seems to me like most of the people in the Facebook group have had their quality of life severely diminished by this thing. And most of them have traveled to see the one or two doctors in the country who perform surgery for this. It turned out for me, I just mostly needed to have this A, validated and B, be told this is not, you know, related to some terminal illness, basically. It having a name was enough for you. Yes. I mean, I don't actually, I don't want to see a surgeon about this. 
I, there are, you know, some of the people, th- this fitfluencer has a physical therapist who like taped it up for her and has done some massage to work away at the scar tissue. If it gets worse, maybe I would seek out a physical therapist to deal right. with it. But honestly, the biggest thing was just being like, okay, this is its own thing. It's not related to X, Y, Z. I was so shocked, but not at all shocked to be like, wow, I've talked to five different doctors, all of whom have looked at me like I'm crazy. But TikTok had the answer for me. Astounding. If you know more about slipping rib syndrome, if you have slipping rib syndrome, please basically DM me or talk about it in the Geneva. I do want to know more about it because I will say the Wikipedia entry is lacking. And it also says that it's specifically on XYZ number like ribs number. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and mine is not but it okay. is in every other way fits the description exactly like this is so clearly what it is there is no doubt in my mind anyway that's my medical update for all fascinating of you. I have an extremely brief medical update yeah. which is just I know we've talked about it on this podcast a thousand and one times before mm-hmm. but I would like to take a moment to sing the praises of capsule the internet pharmacy love capsule. again I needed a prescription when I was in LA mm-hmm. and I got shingles yeah and just like it's daunting to have a medical thing in another place. I still can't believe you got shingles. Yeah, I don't. So basically what I learned is that anyone who's had chicken pox mm-hmm. can get shingles mm-hmm. because it's just the reactivated dormant right. chicken pox virus shows up as a band of wells mm-hmm. around your waist, okay. basically on one side. And at first I thought it was hives mm-hmm. and then they didn't go away. And I don't think I had a particularly bad case. You like, definitely did because I've heard yeah. way worse cases. Yeah, I, I had some pain mm-hmm. and some itching and that was it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like debilitating by any stretch. And I went to an urgent care in L.A. and they were like, I saw the doctor and a minute in, she was like, you have shingles. And I was like, cool, that's what the Internet thought, too. Mm -hmm. And it was just so nice to be for her to be like, what's your pharmacy? And for me to be like, it's the same one Mm. as in New York. Yeah, I don't have to figure out what's the closest CVS here. I don't need to have to jump through any hoops. And I could schedule that delivery. And like all of that was just so perfectly seamless and it thrilled me best Yay. part of getting shingles the best part of getting shingles was capsule i really do love them i also learned that there is another there's a capsule competitor called mm. alto pharmacy so maybe if capsule doesn't serve, serve your you, city then alto, alto might. will it yeah. really is so wonderful i couldn't find my my migraine medicine the other day i'd put it in somewhere in the house where it was not making itself available to me and i was like oh look i have a refill available on capsule let me press three buttons and have this thing delivered to me in a few hours. It's Amazing. the absolute greatest. Yeah. Okay. Completely separate. Yeah. I was in Chicago mm-hmm. a while ago and my friend Bridget and I were bopping around at a credo mm-hmm. and she really wanted to try this Ilia super serum skin tint that mm-hmm. I use because she was looking for a new like tinted moisturizer yeah. situation. And the person at Credo was like, cool, cool, we'll try that. But also, can you try this Westman Atelier Vital Skincare Complexion Drops mm. while you do? And the person did her face like half and yeah. half. And we were both like, oh, that side, like that that Westman Atelier side, which this is another case for shopping in person. You're sitting there in a chair and someone who knows what they're talking about, who does this all day, is giving you actual guidance and is willing to like put makeup on half of your face yes. and let you decide. like. Incredible. Also, just another Westman Atelier banger. People keep bringing this up to us. All the bangers, all the bangers. Now that I ran out of my Ilya, mm-hmm. I like went back and like went to the Credo in New York. Okay. I'm like, I would like the same experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would yeah. like to uh-huh. sit down and you want to know this woman. Exactly. Okay. And it's this tiny little jar bottle. You know what? It's like a Zippo. Okay. That's wow, like, that's zip- tiny. It's small. Okay. And at first you look at it and you're like, why would I pay money for right. this like travel yeah. size, whatever? Because it requires two drops of this product mm. 
on your face. That is it. Okay. She also is it sort of like the Kosas tinted oil in consistency? Mm, it's a little. It's not thicker. It's like, hmm. It's a little less runny. It's less oily. I don't know how to explain it. Is it, it transparent? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm like wearing it now. Okay. It doesn't feel like when I'm wearing it, I don't feel it. It's not like foundation mm-hmm. or anything. You're mm-hmm. not like, oh God, like yeah. what happened? And it's skin. meant to just even you out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And she put it on with a foundation brush and I was like, oh, right. So I bought a vapor foundation brush. I think I'm in a point where I want to put on my sunscreen separately. Mm-hmm. I don't need this product that is had like the every... other one had the one you'd been using. It had sunscreen in it. It had sunscreen okay. in it. It was goopy thick mm-hmm. as a result mm-hmm. of that. Okay. And it was like, I actually like don't want one product yeah. to do everything. Yeah. I would rather be able to just put on sunscreen and nothing else mm-hmm. or be able to put on two drops of this when right. I'm putting on makeup. Yes. I want that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like highly, highly recommend it. You got into a foundation brush at some point too. I did, but I gave up. You know, yeah. I don't like having to clean another thing. I think that's fair because I, which I'm just going to briefly touch on this. Actually, I told you I wasn't going to talk about it, but it's such a natural segue. It's also why I'm going to cut all of these silicone kitchen products out of my life because all of them have absorbed the scent and flavor of dish detergent. And it is disgusting. Wait, I don't tell me everything about this. So like stasher bags, do you use stasher bags? We have a couple, not very many. Do you wash them in the dishwasher? Yeah. So the stasher bags are silicone reusable coffee cups that I'd been using, the Stojo ones. A couple of Cam, Cam had Cam had some silicone cups and some silicone other stuff. Placemats obviously aren't an issue. They all absorb both the taste and the scent of the dish detergent. And That's it's disgusting. Yeah. So disgusting. Some, I had put a bunch of popcorn in a stasher bag and then tasted some of the popcorn. It tasted like dish detergent. And I was like, well, now I hate stasher bags. Well, I don't actually hate stasher bags. I hate silicone as a kitchen product because it absorbs the scent and flavor. And I went online and everybody's like, yeah, of course, you just have to wash it out with white vinegar or you have to put it in your oven at 400 degrees what? for whatever. And I'm like, I'm no. I okay. have too many things. And I've 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 lodged this complaint with you before that everybody wants me to do too much stuff, like floss my teeth, wash my face, do kegels. <laughs> now I've got to rinse my silicone. I've got to run a separate load with vin with white no, vinegar. Here's I'm I'm yeah, just yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, do yeah. kegels. Yeah, no, totally. The thing that always enrages me related to this is when I put a load of laundry in and I catch it, I catch in my eye mm-hmm. the the thing that's like this the cleaning the washing machine setting. Oh, and yeah, I'm like, no. no, you sir, <laughs> no, 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 no. You sir are meant to be doing the cleaning yourself. I am not here to push a button to clean you. you yeah, no. You, your whole thing yes. is cleaning. Thank Why you. do you need to be cleaned? Why am it, and I'm certainly like my under part of my understanding of silicone was it's like yes I know it's is it more environmentally friendly than plastic I think less BPAs is probably better for us in a lot of ways it also can withstand high heat which is great but I just it seems like one of those things that was introduced to us as a matter of convenience like look at you mom now you can have a silicone I think thing. that's I, yeah. But now you want me to wash it separately. And then I just and it's one of those things where I spiral because I was actually having a conversation about this with some friends and a friend, Ruthie, was like, no, 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 it's fine. Just use vinegar. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Are you a per-? like, does everybody else think it's that's an, that this an is ask an F- that their life can withstand? <laughs> like, is everybody else's life so together that they're like, oh, of course, no problem. I'll just run a vinegar uh, load. I have two potential thoughts yeah. and mm-hmm. I don't know if they're solutions, but they're mm-hmm. thoughts. Yeah. One I use unscented dish detergent. Oh, because you know what? Oh I my actually, God, Erica, this 
is a solution I can get behind because I thought you were going to tell me to hand wash it and I was going to boot you right out of here. Absolutely not. Okay. No, this I can get behind completely. I don't need my dishes to smell like fucking grapefruit because you know what? The other thing that I've been getting upset about lately is just how much, how many scents we add to so many things. I don't need this. Unscented. That's a great Laundry detergent or soap dish detergent. My other thought is I started using these composable, hmm. you know, zip bags. Sandwich, sa- sandwich bags. Sandwich bags. Yeah. That's the word. Okay. From this brand, Hold On. Okay. Are they transparent? They're green transparent. Huh. Um, okay. Th- this brand is really good. Oh, yeah. You put the garbage bags in, in the, the newsletter. newsletter. So yeah. compostable bags, the problem is because they're compostable, the idea is that they're going to break down yeah. while you have something wet in them. Right. And right. that's an experience you'd like to avoid because uh-huh. it doesn't work otherwise. Yeah. These seem to be like legit sturdy. I've been using the garbage bags for a little bit now. And like, basically, I you shouldn't put like wet stuff and keep mm-hmm. them in them for a week okay. because what will happen is the bag will start deteriorating. Mm-hmm. But pretty much short of that, they've been a wonderful experience and I feel so good about myself. Wow. Okay. Well, that's... <laughs> That and they're was... also home compostable. So they're not even just like, because you know how some yeah, things yeah, are only yeah. professionally compostable. I don't know. You know, the feeling great about yourself is a strong sell because I'm pretty sure that was the whole objective of the stasher bag. Yes. Let me feel all, good about myself. It's only for feeling good about yourself. Let me pat myself on the back a few more times this month. Yeah. And then get a mouthful of dish detergent. Thanks. You know, I know I said I, I said I wasn't going to talk about it. No, and I then I'm really glad disgusting. I did. I'm really glad I did because you had a we workshopped was, this. <laughs> we workshopped it. OK, something that I have been so impressed with. The Please. opposite of, of how I feel about silicone. This woman, Emily Keegan's Instagram. So she's a photo director. I was first introduced to her right after Roe v. Wade was was overturned. And she had this really interesting Instagram story. And she kicked it off in a really funny way where she screenshotted Julia Ioffe's tweet that was like, I hope all the people who bought all that RBG merch feel great about themselves now. And she captioned it like, well, it took about, you know, 0.5 seconds for us to start blaming women for this. <laughs> she was like, here's who we should actually blame. Here's who like actually are somewhat culpable for this thing. I need to just pause. That's incredible. <laughs> it, it, I, she's really good. Okay, so she's a photographer. Yes, and it's a photo- everyone yeah. who's wearing an yeah. RBG T-shirt who we should blame for this. That's, That's the who problem. we should blame. Good God, exactly. Okay. So she's like, here's here's some people who you actually could be upset at is like all of these editors, but specifically photo editors of magazines since the '60s. And but like really then like in the 70s when Roe v. Wade was introduced, because she's basically points out and and illustrates in this really compelling way the way magazine editors were using the imagery of the pro-life movement to illustrate stories about abortion in a way that really like very subtly like demonized abortion. Yeah. 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 And, and it's like, like the hangers and the whatever, whatever. And just so she what she specifically traces back to, which is really interesting, are these images by this guy, Lennart Nilsson, which are like the first or among the first photos of the human fetus, first published in Life in 1965. So the majority of images came from either miscarried or terminated pregnancies. They're photographed in Sweden where abortion is legal. She writes, this is a hugely problematic way of depicting human development because by photographing aborted tissue floating on black, Nilsson erases all traces of the mother, granting the fetus an agency that it doesn't actually possess. There are other ways to depict a fetus, of course, where the mother's body is considered and acknowledged, like this medical drawing from 1900. And it's this like really mm-hmm. simple context. concept. Context. Yeah, this context yeah. where you're like, I would never think about the role that a photo editor is playing in this situation. But yeah, by showing these 
fetal images where you're not actually seeing any trace of the mother's body. You're considering as if these this, fetal as if these fetuses this, this could, could like exist. live separately. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 it, yeah. She like goes on and on tracking the changing laws around abortion and correlating them to early medical drawings and photos. So she's talking about how like abortion was legal when like this country was first created and shows these pictures of these medical illustrations around the time that abortion was first outlawed in this country, where it's like the doctor's hands have more definition than the woman's body. Like things Uh like that, where she's just like pointing out. I mean, it's really like an art historical sort of just like a a critical reading of art and imagery that's that's really, really good. But because she pays so much attention to this and she works in this, she applies this lens to so many current events and does these really just compelling stories around them. So two other great ones that are in her highlights that I just do such a good job of, of illustrating what she does so well. One was the controversy over the image of the first lady of Ukraine on the cover of Vogue. And Uh I don't know if you remember, everybody was like, this is glamorizing war. And she was like, sorry, but how is this different than Vanity Fair putting Colin Powell and Dick Cheney and George Bush on the cover of their magazine with the giant cover line, War and Destiny? You're saying this is glamorizing war because she's a woman. And because it's on the cover of Vogue. Yes. Yes. She just litters this story with all these images of men or or unattractive women, poor women. And is this like, is this glamorizing war or is it or is it glamorizing war because of these like ingrained ideas we have about women? We have about fashion magazines, about like women wearing makeup and women wearing certain clothes and all of this. Ah, I feel really moved by this. Yeah, it's really good. She also the other one that that was really good recently was when Trump announced his most recent candidacy. And she's like, you know, it's great if you look at the pictures that people are using in the stories about Trump's most recent announcement, you can tell that nobody's taking it seriously. And here's how you can tell. And if you compare them to the pictures of his first or his 2016 announcement, you see that we were like in 2016, we were treating him like a hero. We were glamorizing him, showing him with balloons in a way that made him look like a hero. Meanwhile, like Hillary was getting made fun of for her balloon drops. And she's illustrating this and you're like, oh my God, I feel so great about this. Like it's so clear from these images that nobody is taking Trump seriously. And she's like, but look at all these pictures of Ron DeSantis that are being published right now. They are frame for frame exactly the same ones we published of Trump in 2016. She also does fun things like analyzing all of Jeremy Strong's covers, which are really hilarious because he takes himself so seriously and all of his photos. But she is so good. And I just feel so much smarter for consuming her content around like how imagery impacts us. And it's also fun at the same time. Somebody give this woman a TV show or a podcast or something. She's great. I have some good news. Oh, good. We could use it. We could use it. Okay. We have talked about stoves on this podcast before. I would say we were early to this beat and we've stayed on this beat. We were early to it. We stayed on it. So basically, we have had conversations about gas stoves and the gas stove, big gas and (laughs) all of it. Part of why this came up was because somebody uncovered the influencer campaign that gas. Yes, Mother Jones. Mother Jones did like a whole thing about the big gas influencer campaign of being like, gas stoves are so cool. Don't we all love cooking cooking on gas? gas. And basically, big gas has been doing this for years and years and years. Like Marlene Dietrich was in a camp, like Mm -hmm. an early campaign. They are responsible for the term cooking with gas and even the framing of natural gas because it makes it sound like, ooh, earthy, good, healthy, (laughs) Uh like whatever. This all came to my attention because I had like a big like war over my own gas stove. Well, it's really like whoever is writing your story is doing is like really plotting a multi-season arc around gas (laughs) because it started with you moving into an apartment in like 
2019. No, 2012 when you had your first induction stove. And yeah, that's true. It, it started there. Point. Like I'm saying, like these people are like in it for a wow. multi-season arc. And yeah. you got this induction stove and you were like, you know, I don't hate it. No, I didn't hate it. And then I moved into an apartment that couldn't get a gas hookup for all kinds of weird New York City mm-hmm. political, political reasons. Yeah. P- Political reasons, yeah. 100%. And it was a reasons. huge... It was like Cuomo reasons. Yeah, but but it was also just like a giant drama in your life, all because National Grid wouldn't hook up the gas. It was like a whole thing. It's because Cuomo and National Grid were <laughs> brawling, as they do. Yeah. So then I tried to just get an induction stove, and mm-hmm. they wouldn't give it to me, and it was like a whole thing. Whatever. This is like a... And then, but it was then shortly thereafter that the Mother Jones story was published. Yes, and I was like, all I wanted was this induction stove, yeah. and why would no one give yeah. it to me? And also, why is induction not a thing? And I feel like the people who were selling you your apartment were trying to convince you like you didn't want an induction stove. And they were wrong. Yeah. They were 100% wrong. So basically, the other thing that has come up is that turns out burning gas in our homes Mm -hmm. is not great. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously relying on fossil fuels in general, we'd love to not be doing it. Mm -hmm. But actually burning this gas leads to asthma stuff, leads to like- quality of air. Air quality. Mm -hmm. It's all kind of predictable Mm -hmm. stuff. There's a Melissa Clark New York Times article from earlier this year titled The Case for Induction Cooking. And she quotes Brady Seals, who's a manager at this nonprofit focused on sustainability and the author of a study examining the health effects of gas stoves, who says, for children who live in a home with a gas stove, the increased risk of asthma is on par with living in a home with a smoker. That is so upsetting. It's so upsetting. And I mean, listen, this is like, I don't know. I don't know about the New York Times yeah. is quoting them. So I feel good about that. I don't no, but like I think know that what the interests article, are. That Mother Jones article was also quoting some stats around just like if you have poor circulation in your home and you have a gas stove, it is terrible. It you. is terrible. Yeah. So here's the thing. As a culture, we're going to move towards induction. Mm-hmm. And the great news is that there are some new entrants into great. the induction space, Tell which we us. can all be thrilled about. So a listener, Sophia, sent along copper. They have this Charlie cooktop coming out, which is the world's first 120-volt induction cook range. Mm-hmm. And it's like their pre-orders mm-hmm. already sold out. It's okay. only going to be in the Bay Area for yeah. now. But then there's another one called Impulse. That boils water in 40 seconds, friends. That I'm 40 sold. 40 seconds. That I'm sold. Because I am very impatient about water boiling. I mean, listen, I understand. It has this built-in battery so that you can plug it into regular outlet. Cool. And this is one of the issues in general with this is that with some of these induction stoves, mm. it would be wired for mm-hmm. induction. Okay. And that can be an expensive oh, undertaking. Cool. But they just raised $20 million. So I feel like we're about to like see some of this coming through. It's just such an interesting thing because I don't know when if I will ever purchase my own stove. Do you know what I mean? And like totally. so few people do are totally. in that position. I mean, you know, obviously plenty, tons. But yeah. yeah, I've lived in so many homes at this point and I am have never nearly 40 and I yeah. have never picked out a stove. Yeah. Well, I think so. Okay. It's one of those things where you're like, when and how does this change and who do they actually have to get? You glossed over an important, really compelling point here about Eric Repair. So, okay, a couple of things. Yes. So Eric Repair, when he did, he is a person who purchased yeah. his own stove. <laughs> yeah. so Eric Repair is the chef at Laverna Den, and he renovated the kitchens in his Manhattan apartment and his Hamptons Beach house. Mm-hmm. I hope at the same time, I would I just delight so. in that. I also hope that when they say kitchens, plural, they mean that there were multiple kitchens in his Manhattan apartment and multiple like, in I the hope beach house. he went to Provence for the summer and mm-hmm. got both these renovations taken care of at yeah. once. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he put, Kitchen like induction cooktops from Miele and Gagno. Gagano. Gagano is how I Gagano say it. Gagano in both of these kitchens. And they asked him about his restaurant kitchens. He's like, look, I'm not gonna make the investment in mm-hmm. this, like it's a big investment yeah. to make. But if my if my stoves needed replacing, yeah. And people would complain about it for a minute and then they'd love it. 
Because right. there's also talks with other. I can't. There was another chef that was quoted in this article who's basically like the kitchen get less gets less hot because yeah. there's like less open flames. People get less burns. Yeah. Like, and they also cooked a lot of noodles. Uh, bringing pots of water to boil. Yes. This is again yes. a big thing. And the temperature control. Anyway, well, don't forget your most important note that I'm very disappointed you've omitted from this conversation. And colon, induction feels V-European, two exclamation points. Thank you. Induction feels V-European. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who went to Italy last summer yeah. and uh-huh. was posting all their pictures and copy yeah. or whatever, induction is for you. I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just saying yeah. if you get to choose your stove, induction is for you. The other way that this is happening is that some cities are starting to put in place bans on gas stoves in new buildings like built after mm. 2025 or 2027 huh. or whatever to move away from the like gas reliance because also, you know, as these cities have to be piping in natural gas from right. who totally. knows where and they, there's a like demand. Thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I'm sold. I am sold. I would like an induction stove at some point. You're going to get to have one. <sighs> Someday. If people give this podcast enough five-star ratings, <laughs> I think we can both Impulse. have an induction come on, stove let's go. at some point. Impulse. Come on. Yeah. Let's go. Is yeah. there anything else you'd like to say? I think we did it all. I think we did I think too. we got through all of it. Okay. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ, and if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.